rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, multiple sclerosis, lupus. These are just some of the better-known autoimmune diseases out there. There are also several more that aren't as familiar, like Sjogren's syndrome and myasthenia gravis. But what exactly happens in these cases? We all have an immune system, or most of us do, that is supposed to fight infection, and it's set up to do that. And there are various components of the immune system, different kinds of cells, antibodies, other things we call cytokines, and together that protects us from infection. That's Dr. Lisa Samaritano, professor of clinical medicine at Weill Cornell Medical College in New York. In some cases, for reasons we don't completely understand, the immune system can turn against us and can actually cause inflammation within the body, presumably mistaking parts of the body for external infectious-type organisms. And so when that happens, that's what we call an autoimmune disease. Dr. Kristen Demoruel says that this abnormal immune response can attack a person's own cells or organs, creating complex health issues. Demoruel is a rheumatologist and associate professor of medicine at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. Of the estimated 24 million Americans who've been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, about 80% are women. She adds that genetics also play a role here. There's definitely genetic predispositions to autoimmune diseases, and they vary on the strength of how strong that genetic predisposition is. For example, with rheumatoid arthritis, kind of general and easy way I like to explain the risk is that, in general, about 1% of people in the United States will get rheumatoid arthritis. If you have one first-degree relative with rheumatoid arthritis, so that being either your parents or your sibling or a child, that will increase your risk to about 3%. If you have two first-degree relatives with rheumatoid arthritis, it can go up to about 9%. So I think that highlights a few important points with the genetic predisposition that the risk is increased if you have it in the family, but it's not 100%. And uh, we also see certainly people develop autoimmune diseases who don't have a family history as well. Autoimmune diseases can range from mild to life-threatening, depending on the location and the severity of the inflammation. But even if someone has a genetic predisposition for an autoimmune disorder, Samaritano says they may never get one at all if they don't run into an environmental trigger. That could be an infection that triggers the immune system and then doesn't let it quiet back down again as it normally would, or other things. For example, we think of sunlight, UV radiation as a possible trigger for systemic lupus. So there are all kinds of suggestions about what kind of environmental triggers might be important for different autoimmune diseases. Samaritano and Demoruel say one potential trigger may be hormonal contraceptives. For example, estrogen is something that has been associated with an increased risk of lupus. Estrogen in the form of exogenous estrogen, such as oral contraceptives, cigarette smoking. There are a lot of environmental triggers like that that have been suggested, but it's hard to know for sure, obviously, because the data are limited. No studies have shown a causality between hormonal contraceptives and autoimmune diseases, but there have been some studies that have found an increase or decrease risk for developing certain autoimmune diseases with hormonal contraceptives. 
The consideration of other contraceptives as a possible trigger is a bit blurrier, but don't tell that to Christy Griffin, a 38-year-old woman who already had Hashimoto's disease, an autoimmune disorder that causes an underactive thyroid. Last fall, her obstetrician-gynecologist told her that using a hormone-releasing IUD would help with an unrelated condition, uterine fibroids, and buy her some time before she needed a hysterectomy. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. They inserted that thing, and I was back within a week. One week. Something was absolutely horribly wrong. I was so tired I couldn't get out of bed. My joints... I could barely move. And I said, something's wrong. This is, and at the time I thought that the hormone levels had activated, caused a flare up of my Hashimoto's because the joint pain was always something that had been a trigger for me before if I had a flare up with the Hashimoto's. And he's like, IUDs can't do that. And I'm like, I'm beginning to think they can. Christie's OBGYN sent her to her general practitioner for a thyroid hormone test. So I went into the general practitioner and I said the same thing. These symptoms started right when this IUD went in. And the doctor said, no way. He's like, I think you're fine. And I'm like, I'm really not. And if you think I'm fine, I'm going to go to another doctor. They tested my thyroid levels and they're like, you're fine. You're imagining it. I absolutely wouldn't take no for an answer, so I went to a different doctor who instantly realized that it was probably a different autoimmune disease that I was dealing with and tested for the Sjogren's. Christy tested positive for antibodies for Sjogren's syndrome, another autoimmune disease that she says is sometimes called lupus's evil sister. She had never had Sjogren's before. You're looking at this list of symptoms that are going to hit you throughout your life dental decay, problems with saliva to the point where people aren't able to eat properly, swallow their medications, chronic fatigue to the point where about 25% of people with this disease will eventually go on disability. About two-thirds of people will end up with lung disease. And a ton of people have issues with neuropathy and gastrointestinal issues as well. The new doctor, a rheumatologist, said the IUD had to come out right away. Suddenly, Christie's condition improved. Almost immediately. So I still have Sjogren's and I can still have flare-ups and I will for my entire life. But when that thing was put in, I had an immediate flare-up that was just horrendous. And with a week of it coming out, that flare-up stopped. But does that mean that autoimmune diseases can be triggered by IUDs? Demo Ruel's study in 2014 presented to the American College of Rheumatology found that women using IUDs may be at increased risk for producing antibodies linked to rheumatoid arthritis. Case reports presented to the World Allergy Organization have linked autoimmune progesterone dermatitis to use of an IUD. But studies haven't yet come back with enough evidence for researchers to say there's cause and effect. Samaritano says she's seen side effects that may be from IUDs, but autoimmune diseases? She can't say that just yet. I had one patient who had a progestin IUD placed and developed hair loss. And, you know, pretty unusual side effect, but it all got better when she had the IUD removed. So I do think that IUDs, as with any kind of medication, can cause side effects. But we've really not ever 
has there been a suggestion that an IUD causes an autoimmune disease. In fact, the hormones that we worry about with respect to causing lupus-like autoimmune disease, that hormone is estrogen. That is not the hormone that's present in the hormonal IUD. That has a progesterone-like compound. So I'm not aware of any data that would support an association. So where does that leave women like Christy? She says her rheumatologist was aware of a potential connection to autoimmune disease and diagnosed it immediately. But Demma Ruel says too little is known to caution against specific methods of contraception. And once triggered, autoimmune diseases tend to stick around. In general, we consider autoimmune diseases to be chronic diseases that can go into phases of remission-like states. Medication to treat autoimmune disease focuses on cutting down inflammation. Some immunosuppressant drugs are even borrowed from the transplant population. But some medications have severe side effects and shouldn't be taken for too long. Christie's on anti-inflammatory medications and over-the-counter drugs for dry eyes and dry mouth. But she knows her life will never be the same, and she doesn't want anyone else to go through the same thing. You can find out more information about all of our guests on our website, viewpointsradio.org. This segment originally aired on our sister show, Radio Health Journal, back in 2019 and was produced by Reed Pence, but has been adapted for Viewpoints Radio. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Coming up next week... Bessie was getting press, but it was only from the black press. White press was not interested in Bessie at first. The courageous stunt pilot you've likely never heard of. Then. When it doesn't work, meaning because you forget, you screw up. Don't turn goof ups into give ups. Why it's so hard to break those bad habits. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.